0: Thank mm-hmm.
1: Today's scripture reading is Mark fourteen, twenty two through twenty six. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and then he gave and then he had given thanks he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my body this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for money. He said to them, Truly I tell you, you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives.
2: It's time for our prayers and praise and prayer time. And I have something that I am very much thankful for. I have been working for over two years to get a a new machine up and running, and it seems like everything possible has delayed this project. From not being able to get parts to uh, delay schedules between one shop to the next shop, it's just turned into... uh, a very stressful period of time, <laughs> and we finally got it up and running. It's working very well, and it has very much taken a heavy load off my shoulders, which I am very thankful for. Um, we have a request for John and Darcy. Darcy are traveling to Texas to see uh, Darcy's sister, Sharon. So traveling, mercies for their trip. And if any of you have seen the uh, weather, uh, the little bit of rain that we have got yesterday caused some heavy storms in Texas and other places, big tornadoes and stuff. So I don't know if any of that was close to Sharon's area or not. The other request I have is for Margaret's niece, I believe, right? Yes, Tiffany. Tiffany is starting chemo, and she's having a real tough battle. So we want to keep them in our prayers also. So, yes. I want to say a phrase for Nancy. We had prayer for her this week. She had told her really bad. Her oxygen had
0: jumped out in 77, even then she was going to have to go to Anyway, she's doing much better after doing an ethical test and not going to get and faith with you. She's
2: also doing better. Awesome. Um, Oh, super. Thank you. Let's sing our intro as we kneel for prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to gather here in your house. Uh, We lift up these requests to you in prayer, and we give you thanks for the answers to our prayers. And, Father, most of all, we pray that we would have the courage to witness for you. Uh, It's been my privilege recently to have been able to tell about what you've told us with your soon second coming. Being able to share that with a friend and a neighbor that's interested in hearing about you. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will work upon his heart and his family's heart. That they would come to know and understand how much you love and care for them. But Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would give us the bold courage to share the great love that you've given us with all that we come into contact with, that they too also may come to know and to love you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning, everyone. Hope you all had a blessed week. Thankful for the opportunity to be here at a dry place to have worship this morning. Um, let's go ahead and pray. I just have, we just, it's uh, with um, Communion Sabbath, you know, our sermon is usually brief in, in order to be able to carry out the other things that we do on this special day, so I'm just going to pray and Get into a short sermon, and then we will um, go through the rest of our, our service together. Please pray with me, kind Father in heaven. We're so grateful for this time to be together. We're so thankful for this special day. Thankful for a, a warm place to be, a dry place to be, in the midst of a, a rainy day. And Lord Jesus, um, I just pray for Your Holy Spirit to be with us this morning. That You would fill our hearts and minds that you would draw us closer to you and lord as we recount um, the sacred service and the ordinance of it um, i just pray that you would impress um, lord your will your message for us this morning upon each of our hearts i pray that it would be you speaking today i pray that you would cleanse our hearts and minds of all unrighteousness and um, fill us just now we pray in jesus name amen. amen If you're not there please turn with me to our scripture reading it's found in Mark chapter 20 Mark chapter 14 rather <clears throat> and this is a time obviously in Jesus life he's coming to the end of his life and these instructions that he shares with us with his disciples in all of the all of the gospels we find this except for the gospel of John but the gospel of John shares with us something else Ordinance of humility, the foot washing service, as we call it, and uh, we find Jesus at this point in Mark chapter fourteen. He is sharing the Passover meal with his disciples. The Passover, as you recount, was um, well. When do we first see Passover? Where does it come from? Can anybody tell me? Going all the way back to the Exodus, coming out of Egypt, you recall the last plague that fell on the Egyptians was the death of the firstborn. And in order for the Israelites to be saved or preserved from this death, certain death of the firstborn, they were instructed to take a lamb, to kill it, and put its blood over the doorpost of their home, and when the angel came through, he would pass over them because of the blood of the Lamb. And as they followed God's instructions, it happened as exactly as he, he said it would, that the angel would pass over them and... Hear me. Okay. 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 All right. Sorry about that. So, as these these men, they're they're celebrating the Passover feast. This Passover, as they were, uh, there it's a commemoration of their deliverance from Egypt, right? And the Jewish people carried this on and on and on, and they were to proclaim it. And here we find Jesus. He's the fulfillment of this. This blood of the Lamb that was. Sh- Put over the doorposts, the angel passed over them, and they were preserved, they were saved, as the Word of God outlined. Here we are, we're in this story, they're they're celebrating this day, they're celebrating this deliverance that they had experienced so long ago as a people, and In memory or in commemoration of it, here they are. I'm going to read a little bit of what Nancy read for us. In verse 22, it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and he blessed it and broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Jesus was the fulfillment. He is our Passover lamb. Uh, If you recall, John the Baptist, he said what? He said, look, here's the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus, as he's speaking, he's discussing this with his disciples. He had told them many times he was going to die, but he's putting new meaning to this bread. He said, this is my body, which is going to be broken for you. This is drink of this cup. This is the blood that seals the new covenant. And so as we claim Jesus as our Savior, He is our Savior. He is the one who who His blood covers us. It covers our sin. And then in, in the books of heaven, we are next to our name it just simply is clear. It says covered. It says saved. It says someone, it's, there's no record of sin there anymore because of the blood, a spotless blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what we see happening here in this service. Jesus is instituting this service on this occasion. And it's a, it's a, it's a solemn occasion you know, it's a time in which we search our hearts. It's a time in which we, we want to make things right with God, with our, with our friends. If we have aught against anyone, we want to make that right. We want to um, seek forgiveness from the Almighty God. It is a time for that. It is a time of soul searching. It's a time of reflection. But it's not just that. It's a joyous time. Because it was a time of deliverance. It's a time that we are looking forward to a soon deliverance. So Jesus, and, uh, as Bob had read earlier in the service in 1 Corinthians, he said, do this in remembrance of me. We do it in remembrance of Jesus and his sacrifice. But we also do it in, in, in hope for the future and hope for the coming kingdom. Jesus outlines this in the next verse. In verse 24, I'll pick it up. He said, And He said to them, This is My blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. This communion service is to also point us forward into the day in which we share with Jesus this same cup that He shared with His disciples on this day. That's good news, amen? That's a reason to celebrate. The Passover was not just a time of soul searching. It is that. And as we search our souls, and as we, give our, we confess our sins, and we give them to Jesus, and He blots them away, we eagerly look forward to a coming deliverance because the Jewish people were also celebrating a deliverance on that day from Egypt, from sin, from slavery. We look forward to that ultimate deliverance that I believe is coming soon. We perform this service as Jesus outlined in remembrance of him and in hope for his future and very soon coming We celebrate this service. We participate in the service with reverence, with gladness, knowing that Jesus is coming soon. As I'm wrapping up here, I also want to touch on, uh, we find Jesus washing the feet of his disciples in John chapter 13. And as he washed their feet, as the, the Bible says, they were concluding their evening supper together. He took his, he took a a wash basin, he took a towel, and he washed the feet of his disciples. And and this we're honoring Jesus' words because he says, As I have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He says, I have given you an example. As I have done to you, you ought to also do to one another. Now you recall, Peter in the story said, Don't just wash my feet, wash my head, wash my whole body, wash everything. And these men had recently been bathed. So Jesus said, He, who, he who's already been bathed, doesn't need, you don't need to be washed again. But he said, But it, he was pointing to, as he's washing their feet, this is the work of a servant, this is work of someone who the disciples considered less than, and none of them would get up to do it. So Jesus himself takes it upon himself. And this is is showing us a couple of things. We call it the rite of humility, or the foot-washing service. And it's an example of Jesus, his condescension to this planet, coming to save us, being being the one to save us, being a servant to all. He said, let the greatest among you be the servant of all and this this washing for us you know it's an example of humility for one another but it's also it's also like a mini baptism in a way you know we've all we've all those of us who are participating in these services have experienced baptism a water baptism and so even though we we have gone about our journey. We may have sinned. We may have fallen short. We may have picked up some dust and dirt along the way in our sandals, proverbial sandals. These this foot washing is like a mini baptism. We don't get rebaptized, re washed every single time we fall short of the Lord Jesus, but we participate in this service, looking as a as a means or not as a means of washing away sin, but symbolically, we're continuously being washed by Jesus as we go about our journey. It's a symbol. It doesn't actually wash away anything unless you have lint or you have something in your feet. It doesn't actually wash away your sins, but it's, an, it's a symbol of our relationship with Jesus and walking with him and being, and, and serving one another. That's what this symbol, this, this service points forward to. So um, that is, I'm going to conclude with that um, as, a, as a quick little 10-minute sermon, kind of reminding us why we do this, why we have this service. Um, here in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we practice open communion. So even if you are not a, a member of this church, but you believe in Jesus, you're welcome to join in the communion service. Um, before we, we have the actual communion, we will break out for the foot washing, the ordinance of the rite of humility. And um, I'm going to direct you briefly. We'll go, the, the ladies, so if you go back here down this hallway, the ladies will be the first room on the right. The men will be the next room. And then directly across will be reserved for families, uh, uh, for, for husband, wives, families, if they want to participate together in that room across the hallway. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we will dismiss. And as we come back, we will we will um, participate in the communion service. Let's pray. Kind Father in heaven, thank you so much for the example that Jesus has set for us and, and the various things that it means for us. And Lord, we want to continue in, in, in our journey with you. We want to continuously be washed. We want to continuously reflect the humility of Jesus in serving one another, and we want to continuously participate, partake of his body through his word and through the cleansing blood uh, that was shed on the cross. Lord, we, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Thank you for the good God that you are, and I just pray, Father, that you would be near and dear to each one of us, that you would fill our hearts this morning as we seek to be closer to you, as we seek to do your will. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll now dismiss and um, all meet back in here after the, the, the foot washing. And children, there's going to be a children's story up front here for the, the children. They'll have a children's story during the foot washing service. So the children can go up here to the front and they will have a story.
3: What do you use if you're drawing a picture? Crayons. Crayons, okay. But you start with a what? Piece of paper. What's on your paper? If you're writing a story, you use a piece of paper. It's on. Can you hear me? There's a few people nodding their heads. Okay. So if you're going to draw a picture or you're going to write a story, you start with a blank page, right? I'm going to read a verse for you. In the beginning, God created the sky and the earth. The earth was empty and had no form. Dot, dot, dot. A little later, then God said, let there be light. So God started with a blank page, so to speak, right? Right? Every picture and story starts with a blank page. Nothing is on it. And it's yours to do anything with it, right? That's exactly what happened when God sat down, so to speak, to create the earth, the universe, and everything in it. He started with a blank page. Well, actually, there wasn't even a page, right? Just darkness and nothing And God, too, of course. Then he started to create, and it was exactly what he wanted. Planets spun into space, stars stretched across the heavens, and galaxy upon galaxy swirled out into the universe. All throughout the universe and here on Earth, God shows his creativity to be indescribably, incredibly amazing. Who else could think up the spotted long-necked giraffe? Who else could put the roar in the lion's mouth or the purr in the kitty's tummy? Who else could think up stick bugs or stink bugs, sloths or leafy sea dragons, platypuses or colorful mantis shrimp? Seriously, you guys need to check those out. They're unbelievable. God is infinitely creative that means his creative creativity has no end and god shows his creativity in each one of you all right Um, you began as a blank page in his book and he began writing your story before you were even born it's going to be a great one don't you think you don't believe it Just check out some of the amazing stories he's already written for ordinary people just like you. David knocking out Goliath, Daniel napping with lions, and Esther saving her people. God's got an amazing story in the works for you. Just wait and see. They uh, highlight in this little excerpt here about the sloth. Everybody knows what a sloth looks like, right? All right. Sloths are slow. They're so slow that they move only about six and a half feet per minute. Even their tummies are slow, taking an average of 16 days to digest the twigs, fruits, leaves, bugs, lizards, and birds that they eat. They spend almost their entire lives hanging upside down in the trees, coming down only once a week or so to poop. Ew. All right. Let's look at another amazing thing of God's creation. All right. How about this little story is called A Tool for God. And I think I shared this one, so if if you remember this, I'm sorry. But I think it's just really so cool. The verse that goes with it, is encourage one another and build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. Scientists have long known that some animals use tools to help them get what they need. But they have only recently discovered the most unusual way one animal, quote-unquote, builds its house. And they found this animal scurrying across the sands of the ocean floor. The veined octopus builds its home using coconut shell halves that people have thrown into the ocean. Stacking one on top of the other, it crawls in between the two halves, the perfect underwater armor for this soft-bodied octopus. When the octopus needs to travel, it simply stacks the shell halves under its body, much like stacking two bowls And then it still walks on its eight legs, dragging the shells with it. Scientists have even seen or spotted veined octopus uh, digging buried coconut shells out of the sand and squirting them uh, with jets of water to clean them out before moving in. Have you ever heard of that? Octopuses using coconut shells as a home? God gave some animals the ability to use tools, but did you know that he made you to be a tool? God wants you to be his tool in building up others and leading them to him. How can you do that? He tells you in his word. Go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have told you, Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Some of you might think, well, I'm a little afraid to go out and I don't even know that much scripture, right? But each one of you, like we just learned, has a story to share, right? God has talked to you, I'm sure, or worked in you or through you, and you can share what you know, what God has done for you with others. Nobody can argue with that, right? What an amazing thought that God uses you to build his kingdom and to help others know him. The veined octopus is just one of several animals that uses tools. There is a group of bottlenose dolphins in Shark Bay, Australia that carries sea sponges in their beaks to stir up the ocean sand and uncover their prey. Also, sea otters Use stones as hammers to crack open uh, abalone shells to get the food from inside. Pretty cool, huh? All right. Let's look at ears. Ears to hear. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. James one twenty two. Your ears are an amazing creation. Everybody has two ears, right? Point to your ears. All right, now listen up. Ears, they not only allow you to hear, but what else do they help with? Anybody know? So you can hear with your ears, but what else do your ears help you do? Anybody in the audience? What would you say, Kathy? Holds up your glasses. Okay, not so much with mine. I always have to keep pushing mine back up. All right. What happens if you spin round and round and round and round and round and round and round? round? You get dizzy. Your ears also help you with balance, believe it or not. And I never knew this with taste. What? Your ears never stop working, even when you are sound asleep. Your ears work by capturing sound waves in the outer ear, which is called the, I don't know how you pronounce that, the pinna. That's the part of the ear that you can see. This part right here, right? Sound waves funnel down into your middle ear, where they are turned into vibrations. And then they travel to the eardrum. From there they flow into the cochlea, which is located in the inner ear. Next, the sound waves go to where? Your brain, which puts everything back together and tells you what you are hearing. Your hearing is a gift from God, but what you do with that, what you hear is your gift back to God. Jesus said it this way, Everyone who hears these things I say and obeys them is like a wise man. The wise man built his house upon a rock. It rained hard and the water rose. The winds blew and hit that house. But the house did not fall because the house was built on a rock. But the person who hears these the things that I teach and does not obey them is like a foolish man. But the foolish man built his house on sand. It rained hard and the water rose and the winds blew and hit that house. And the house fell with a big crash, Matthew 7, 24 to 27. This is what I'm asking you. Don't let your life come crashing down like the foolish man's house. Listen to God. How? How do we listen to God? With your ears, okay. But how do we listen to God? How do we know what he's telling us? By reading his word, through listening to others, teach it, and through listening to the Holy Spirit as he reminds you of the things God has said. And after you listen to God's word, do what it says. All right, let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the amazing creation that you have given each one of us and how you have created us amazingly in your image. We ask that you would bless each little one here today, bless us as we continue on in our communion service in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Again, this is a, a wonderful occasion to be together as we, as we, um, thanks, Bob, um, celebrate this occasion, and um, it is it is a celebration. It's a celebration for me from. For the soon coming deliverance of Jesus, um, but the deliverance from sin and the day by day walk with Jesus that we each one of us has. And as Jesus was outlining this service, you know, he he um, shared the bread with everyone. He shared the the juice with everyone because we're all open and uh, able to participate in this service. Um, we'll now have the uh, deacons. Wait upon us, and they will share the, the bread with each of us. This is the bread right here. Yeah, let's break it up. You can just break some of this up. As Jesus took the bread, he, he broke it, as I outlined before, signifying his, the brokenness of his body, and um, each one was to participate, because salvation is available for everyone. Let us eat together. Jesus also, as he um, shared the bread, he also gave them the wine that represented the juice that represented his blood that would be shed, that would seal the covenant. And the deacons will now wait upon us and we'll participate in that aspect and we will have a, a blessing over the blood and the bread simultaneously.
2: Once again, In your name we pray.
1: Amen. let us all drink together. The Bible says that after they had received the bread and they had received the wine, the juice, the unfermented juice that represented the purity of Jesus and his, his spotless blood. It says they sang a hymn. So if you would please join me in singing Amazing Grace as we conclude our service. Kind Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, to, to reflect on all that you've done for us and to also, Lord, with joy look forward to a future deliverance, but also, Lord, the day-by-day deliverance that you desire to give to each one of us, deliverance from evil, deliverance from sin. Lord, we, we just pray that you would continue to fill each one of us. Lord, and as we participate in faith in this service, we pray that your spirit would continue to guide us, that you would lead us, that you would guide our thoughts, guide our minds. And Lord, please continue to use each one of us in our sphere of influence to be a witness. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. And we ask these things